0: Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is the Revolutionized Mind. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Revolutionized Mind. I hope you are having an amazing week. I hope you're celebrating the little wins. I hope you're taking time to do things that make you feel good. And I hope you're allowing yourself to just have some fun. Because as hectic and as serious as life can be, it's important to just slow down and enjoy your life. So this is just my reminder to you to make the most out of every day and be the person that you want to be. Today's episode is all about one of my favorite topics which is overcoming adversity. In my life I've had to deal with adversity on many different levels and as shitty as they were in that moment looking back now and you can call bullshit if you want but I am so grateful that everything that did happen to me happened because I wouldn't be where I am today without those struggles, without learning all that I did about myself. And it's just so inspiring to hear other people's comeback stories and how they dealt with their own setbacks. And it's a universal feeling that everybody will experience at some point in their lives because we will all have those dark times. We will all have those lows. And there are obviously individual differences and different factors involved for every single situation that we could be talking about. but. At the end of the day, it comes down to facing something that is not ideal, was not in your path, you did not expect to happen. Whatever it is took a negative turn. And now, how did you deal with that? How did you come back from that? How did you turn that negative into a positive? What did you learn? What did you get out of that experience that you would not have gotten if you didn't experience that love? I think these are just some things to think about. And even if you want to take a second now to reflect on your own past adversities and things that you've overcome in the past, I think everybody will have the same answer that it sucked in the moment and probably for weeks or months or even years afterwards. But now where are you today because of what happened? Did that lead you to new opportunities? Did you meet new people? or are you still figuring it out because that's completely fine too. Anyway, I just really hope that this episode allows you to see your own adversities and failures as lessons. And I know we kind of addressed this in my last episode, but today we go a little bit deeper into the comeback and my guest uses his own mental health story to explain how he got himself out of his own dark time and how he turned that into his own podcast platform himself to talk about other people's comeback stories. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. And again, thank you for supporting the revolutionized mind. Happy Friday. So today I'm here with Connor Kelly from the Comeback with CK podcast. And I was actually on his podcast about a month ago. So I'm super happy to have him on mine today. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine, thank you, Angelica. How about you?
0: I'm great, thanks. And I'm just excited to now hear your story since I've shared mine with you. Um, And before we get into all that, would you like to just tell me and my listeners a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh, So I'm Connor, I'm from the UK, and I've been living as an expat in Vietnam for two years now, two years as of late July 2019, just before Corona. And I had a degree in journalism. That's what I majored in back in the day and decided to finally put it to good use. So when it got to roughly October last year, I started doing blog interviews and reaching out to people and then that transpired into a podcast form, which I began in mid January of this year. And ever since then, I've just been committed to doing as many podcasts as I possibly can simply because I really enjoy it. So. Have aspirations to move to Australia when the borders open, because I quite like the idea of living in various places. And that's my brief overview. Feel free to ask anything else you wish.
0: Amazing. I love all the travel. So that's awesome. I'm really happy to have you on and your podcast is incredible. I can't believe how many episodes you've done in such a short amount of time. So good for you. So, when we first talked, you mentioned that you had a complicated mental health history yourself. So, are you comfortable diving deeper into this topic and explaining your story today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm generally quite open about it because I find it to be beneficial and I find that it makes me realize that the things that have happened to me aren't unique. There are millions of people with similar stories. So, I'll give you a brief overview. Uh, From a young age, there would often be periods of nerves, periods of I took pessimism where I wouldn't feel like I'd fit in or I would struggle with certain areas and I'd have quite low self-esteem throughout childhood. And when it got to about the age of 17, 18, I thought, this maybe there is actually something to this. For example, in the childhood years, I used to just think, oh, I'm being weak or I should just get on with it. I'm really lucky. There was no external factor for it. For example, I was never bullied. I was never abused. My family life was very idyllic. So there was never really an issue. If anything, I was looking for a problem because there was genuinely nothing to come up. But well, then when I got to 18 and went to uni for the first time, it all came to a head and I started gaining more knowledge about mental health illnesses, for example, anxiety and depression. And I remember doing some research into depression and thinking, yeah, I take every single box here, literally every single one. I thought, OK, right, I need to you know, try and deal with this. And ever since, I've been fascinated both what it is and how to deal with it. In terms of when i say what it is is it a chemical imbalance can it be caused by the lifestyle is it genetic i think there is some truth to all of these things but i'm still trying to work out the answer maybe working out the answer isn't what i necessarily should be doing because i would still <laughs> identify with the makeup of somebody who's depressed so i try to maintain like a positive outlook i would generally say i'm quite upbeat and you wouldn't be able to tell that i have depression however It certainly is there. And when I was at university, especially my first year and my second year, I struggled quite badly, as in, I had strong suicidal thoughts and ideation, uh, very close actually, and every day seemed very tricky. The smallest task, for example, getting up, leaving bed, going to the shops would be huge, would almost be insurmountable. I had anxiety going on trains. I had a period actually when my sleep was so crazy. I used to go to bed uh, about 8 a.m wake up at 6, 7 p.m. and then stay up until 8 a.m. So I wasn't seeing sunlight for about two or three weeks, which was extraordinary when I look back because obviously that had a direct effect, but it was tricky. And with the university lifestyle as well, there's lots of drinking, there's lots of going out and partying. And I do like a bit of that, but I look back and think, okay, maybe, maybe that wasn't the healthiest thing to do, but every 19-year-old is going to do it. So, yeah, there's quite a few factors uh, in terms of how I have dealt with it since. I've been very open. I've posted things online. I've spoken to people. I've gone through therapy. I've taken medication. I've read a lot of books. And I think, yeah, I think being open and not being afraid of it and realizing that it's not a unique thing just to me have been beneficial in my journey so far. So that's the brief overview. There's definitely been quite heavy depression in the last four or five years, especially, but I would argue that the last two years I've done a lot lot better than previously in so many different areas so yeah i would probably say that i'm a work in progress but there's definitely been some been some positives to take out of the experience
0: well thank you so much for sharing all that i'm sorry that you did experience some of those really dark times um i really like how you started with like the lifestyle factors and i think that's so common for people to say like I have it good, I have a good family life, I have a good education, but I still feel like this. So what's going on? And I think so many people ask that question and that goes into the stigma of, you know, like so many people have it worse than you. And that's why I think those comments are made.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the comparison culture is toxic anyway, where even if things go well, you still think, oh, well that person did better. So I've done quite well in the last few years of just shutting it out and realizing that Often on social media, it'll be somebody who's manipulated reality where you'll look at it and you'll get jealous and envious. And you'll think, oh, they've got such an easy life or such a wonderful life. And you think, well, there's a lot of things they're hiding and maybe they would be envious of me in a different way. So comparison culture is always the one. I realized uh, not to, I'm trying to think of the word here, not to belittle my traumas and my pain. That, that That's it. That's the word. Because you can often, yeah, compare it to other people's and think, oh, well, it's not as bad as theirs. Get over it. But it is bad and it's worth feeling and validating because it's happening to you. So if it's happening directly to you, then it is valid and you need to feel it. Because if you say, well, I've certainly found this. If you say, oh, it's not as bad as Dave up the road, then you just brush it aside and push it away. It's going to come back to you. So I think accepting your pain and what you're going through and then finding a way through it is much more beneficial than pushing it up.
0: I absolutely love all of that. That's something that I preach consistently on this podcast. Um, I think especially just coming from that mental illness background, like once you actually go through it yourself, you know how much more difficult it gets if you actually start pushing those feelings away rather than actually accepting what's going on and trying to deal with them in whatever way works for you.
1: Absolutely. I often find that when you actually embrace it and when you lean into it, it's actually... It's quite liberating in a way because you're taking 100% responsibility for your feelings. For example, if I feel jealous or angry or upset or depressed and I push them away, then I'm almost trying to palm them off. else if I accept them, almost say, okay, come in let's see what you have. You know, what can I learn from this? You're actually taking control of them and taking responsibility. And that's a really powerful shift in the mentality from being, no, depression, get away from me. To actually owning it and being able to work through it in that way you're in complete control and if you're the only person in control of your life you're the only person in control of your thoughts it's such a powerful shift and once i realized that a lot of the things that i was potentially running away from or trying to play down actually became quite therapeutic and liberating so that's my, my view.
0: Yeah, I think that's super powerful because those small choices that we actually are able to make, like changing that mentality or just making the decision to actually accept what's going on, has such a big impact on how we actually live our day-to-day lives and deal with whatever mental trauma we're dealing with in that day. Yeah, for
1: real. I certainly think it's useful.
0: Okay, I just had to let you know about Let's Get Real Shop, which is a small business on Etsy that sells trendy mental health awareness items. The owner, Alyssa Clayton, is a mental health advocate herself and also has her own podcast, Let's Get Real Podcast. But I am super happy to be an ambassador for the Let's Get Real shop as there's so many amazing items with cute slogans. And if you follow my Instagram, you saw that I posted the other day, I got a mug that says can't talk right now. I'm doing mental health care shit, which is amazing. It's my entire vibe and I love it. I also got a really comfy sweater that says growth on the back with some sunflowers. So please check out her shop. And if you would like to place an order, you can use the code TRM10, the number 10, for 10% off. Again, that's Let's Get Real Shop on Etsy and use the discount code TRM10 for 10% off linked in my description. And so when did you personally decide to, I guess, reach out for help? Like, was there something specific that really made you feel like you needed to talk to somebody or go get professional assistance?
1: um i wouldn't say anything specific Uh, i think it was within the few weeks of my time at uni so when i was 18 uh, i mentioned it to family and friends but i wasn't quite as open as i should be purely because i didn't want to worry them say whenever i was with them i'd have a great time and so i thought there's no point in me you know ruining the mood here by saying hey i'm struggling a bit so i'd say yeah i've been feeling a bit of depression but i wouldn't Really delve into it too much. I'd say, but I'm getting over it. So I'd, I'd almost palm it off. So I'd almost tell them and think, right, I've told them, but you've not really dealt with it. So yeah, from from then on in, really, I'd have the traditional forms of, you know, medication and talking to somebody like a, a university counselor. And I did that a few times. And yeah, it's only in the second year, really, of university where things started to get really bad. And I thought, right, I'm just going to have to be honest here. And yeah, basically opened up to. You know, those closest to me that I was having suicidal thoughts and that I was really struggling, sought more professional help, and slowly but surely brought my way out of it. I have a weird relationship with that era of my life where I own it and I've talked about it and I'm, I'm proud of how I came out of it. But I almost don't want to don't want to identify too much because occasionally I if I think too much about the past, I'll go back to that era and I'll almost neurologically dive into that person again and i would rather focus on the person i am now who is you know still have my difficult periods but day by day things are generally okay i just you know occasionally have a little bit of a slump but miles apart from that individual so it's a it's a complex process but in terms of reaching out for help it was when i was about 18 19 when i really did it and since then i've not really had a problem i mean i'm very open and i'm very lucky that the people that i usually surround myself with are very accommodating to it so I wouldn't make excuses. For example, I was 18, I was invited out and, you know, I didn't want to go because of depression. Uh, I'd make up an excuse. I'd be like, oh, I've got a wedding tomorrow or something. Jeez, like, I went through everything, like wedding, dentist, doctors, everything. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah, just struggling a bit, not really got the right headspace on. And yet the people who know me and are accommodated to me accept that. So that's my current press dealing with it.
0: I think you just brought up so many great points. And we'll start with the last one. The making excuses is something that's so common that you're trying to, you're like pushing what you're going through aside because you don't want others to know that you're struggling or you don't want others to have that perception of you. Yeah. So I think that's so common and getting to that spot that you're in now, like actually admitting I'm not in a good space to go out right now is such a shift in your own mentality and just the way that we talk about mental health and society in general.
1: Yeah, for real. I often find it useful to just say it where, for example, if I'm going out with a couple of friends, I'll say, okay, I do want to come. I do want to have a good time, but not quite in the headspace. So uh, yeah, let's play easy for the first 20 minutes or so. And I don't surround myself with an enormous amount of people, to be honest with you. I'm quite select nowadays of who I spend my time with. And so the people that I do choose to are always people who I know will be cool with it. and just say, yeah, man, if you want to take a 10-minute breather to yourself or do this, then it's absolutely fine. So yeah, being open and honest, actually, I think sometimes people appreciate the honesty, where instead of me coming out with an excuse like doctors, (laughs) dentists, I came out with quite a few when I was 18, uh, (laughs) they actually accept that you've been really authentic and said, yeah, I'm just not feeling this. So they're actually quite appreciative of the honesty. So that's where I think we need to get
0: to. Yeah, and that honesty, I think, brings you closer to the people that are actually closest to you and actually want the best for you because the people that can understand where you're coming from and appreciate your honesty, I think, just kind of separates you and puts you more in path with the people who are like-minded, who genuinely care and love you.
1: Yeah, for real. Just being open, authentic, and sharing what's really going on can go so far.
0: So after all the ups and downs that you personally faced, what has this journey taught you most about yourself?
1: That is a very good question. (laughs) What has it taught me about myself? Wow. Probably that I'm a lot more capable than I believed I was, where I look back occasionally at setbacks that I've faced and think, how did I manage to get through that? That was dark, but I still did it. So I feel like I'm a lot more resilient than I give myself credit for nothing is as big as you make it out to be both for good and for bad and i will explain a bit more about that whether this be something good like a birthday party or a concert or a football match i'd make it internally into a huge deal so i'd get almost manic excitement and if you could bottle the excitement i would feel as a drug you would make an absolute killing because my excitement was fever pitch level. However, once you go that high, there's only one way from there and you go back down to a crushing low. Whilst if, on the contrary, if something negative happened, I would catastrophize it and believe, oh no, it's the end of the world or I'd never be able to speak to this person again or I can't go here again or I'll have to do this. And there'd be so many just made-up scenarios and catastrophes that that would never come into fruition. And so if you become a bit more neutral and have your emotional baseline more more towards the middle rather than this spectrum of highs and lows, generally it makes you realize that life is generally okay if you just let it flow at a fairly neutral level. Obviously there's nothing wrong with getting excited and having positive emotions and there's nothing wrong with feeling negative emotions when they arise because it's a natural human response. But I think just balancing it as a baseline is much better. So for me, when I'm operating in a state of neutral, neutral, neutral fulfillment, let's call it, I'm much better. That links with resilience, neutral fulfillment. And what else have I learned about myself? Probably that my story does actually matter. I think I've noticed from the work I've been doing in the last year, I wouldn't have connected with the amount of people that I have, and I wouldn't have been able to share the ideas I have or have the knowledge without the setbacks. So it's made me appreciate all aspects of life, the positives and the negatives, and to take them at face value, where they are what they are, and they often don't need such an over-analytical, over-thinking approach, they're just as they are. So that they're probably the two main things that I've learned about myself from having all these crazy ups and downs from the ages of 18 to 21, primarily.
0: I love asking that question because I love getting people's responses. And I think while just going through life in general, we all have different experiences, but especially people who have mental health history or trauma, I think you just learn so much about yourself, about dealing with setbacks, about talking with other people and yourself. It's just such a unique experience that once you go through it, you're really just gain all this new insight and perspective. And I think it goes into kind of why you decided to start the Comeback podcast. Um, so do you want to just give me a little bit of a background on that and when you actually made the decision to start it and why?
1: Yeah, no problem. Well, I've been really interested in podcasts the last three years or so. Uh, some favorites include London Real with Brian Rez, School of Greatness, Liz Howes, uh, J. Rogan Experience, Classic. And yeah, I'd often be going to the gym or i be going to work or somewhere and I'd have a podcast on. And I'd be fascinated how much i would learn from two people sat in a room having a conversation. Yeah, for some reason, going back to what I mentioned earlier about building things up, my initial reaction was, oh, I can't start a podcast because I need a big studio. I need proper equipment. I need a huge contact list. I need this. I need good lighting. I need good sound system. I need a... There'd be so many things that I would need and so I'd build it up to be something unsustainable. And once I moved to Vietnam, it was about September 2020, September to November 2020. I, I, was, I lost a bit. I was struggling a bit. It was a, a year into this new country with coronavirus. And I was thinking, I hey, need to get out of this. I've gotten out of slumps before. How do I get out of this one? So I was, you know, just getting through the days. It's one of those periods where you have to take it day by day. So I was just like, right, okay, just get through this day and we'll figure out a new idea. And I was starting blogs, and so I decided to start writing just my opinions and thoughts about stuff. And then realized, oh, I could do some blog interviews. I was always comfortable with the writing style due to my journalism background. So I did the blog style interviews. Um, after it got to about 30 or 40, I realized, well, I enjoy doing this. And if I can get 30 or 40 blog interviews out, and they take a while because you have to have the phone call with someone and then type them up, why not just skip that bit and just do the podcast? But then, the, you know, the, the, inner, the inner voice, shall we say, which doubts you, is saying, oh, but you haven't got equipment, etc. And for some reason, one day, this little light bulb went off and went, you can do it on your phone. And you're in Saigon, Vietnam, and you're surrounded by so many people. Start with your phone and start with Zoom. And I thought, well, OK, might as well start this. So I just I, I did a trial. I did a trial with a friend. I was like, can you sit down and just ch- talk for two minutes? I'm like, we'll, <laughs> we'll record something on a phone and see how it goes. We did it. It worked. And I thought, right, OK, let's get this cracking then. And yeah, mid-January 2021. So yeah, this year I, I met a, a girl in a bar. I was just like, oh, yeah, do you want to do a podcast one day? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and so she became my first guest. And from then on in, I've not really stopped, to be honest with you. I've just been doing as many as I possibly can. But the seeds were sown for a while. I think it was just a case of me actually taking action, not making things such a big deal and just doing it. And once I did the first one, I thought, oh, that was fine. I should do more of these. And ever since then, I've just become slightly obsessed at making as many as possible.
0: Uh, I think the voice in your head telling you like you need all these things or it's going to be so much work that you can't keep up with is so restricting and just actually making the decision to do it. And like you said, you just first did it on your phone, which is amazing. It really shows you how much you're capable of and how easy it is to connect with people like look at us now it's like noon here my time you're almost midnight in vietnam right now so happy we could actually connect and do this but just like across the world how interesting it is to hear people's stories and just chat
1: yeah absolutely i mean i've had guests from i counted the other day just because i'm in lockdown so I'm bored. so I was doing a bit you know just random stuff <laughs> and i counted 42 countries i've managed to interview people from and, yeah, there are insights from people that I would never have met if I hadn't done this podcast. Uh, even if I had met them, I wouldn't know I would have a connection anywhere near, like, the one that we've established. For example, you'd probably see them at a gathering, shall we say, a party, and you'd probably say, hi, hi, hi. and have small talk, and you wouldn't actually have anything meaningful. Whilst if I mention the podcast, usually people are slightly slightly curious. They go, oh, what's it about? And I'll give a brief venture, and they go, oh, yeah, I've had a bit of this. I go, okay, do you want to talk? <laughs> that's an interesting one. They also have the same reaction that I did, which was, "Oh no, I could never do that." Or, oh, "That's too big." And then once they do it, they realize it's nowhere near as bad as it seemed to be. I actually did one podcasting myself before I started my own, and I was quite nervous before. I thought, "Oh, oh, this is tricky." And once I actually did it, I thought, "Wow, this is fine." Once it was out on Spotify, etc., why don't I actually do my own now? And so that's how it all came about, just ignoring that inner critic and realizing. Even if it goes badly, for example, if I released a podcast and it isn't a groundbreaking one, I used to think that every single episode I did had to be sensational that it could get a million views. Genuinely. And from somebody who hadn't even started the podcast, that's an extremely grandiose ambition. But I just thought, yeah, okay, why don't you start? And if if one sucks, it sucks. Just release it and then move on to the next one. So I think, yeah, silencing the inner critic and not being afraid to be shit just yeah roll with it and if it sucks just move on to the next one it's not a big deal i'd probably say the main message i'm looking to uh looking to convey on this podcast is nothing is as big of a deal as you make it out to be in your mind so i'd also say this with this podcast
0: I think that's such a great reminder and just the whole theme of your podcast and the message you're trying to spread to all your listeners. I was listening to one of your first episodes when you explained what the comeback meant to you and you were kind of talking about how failure isn't a bad thing, which I Mm -hmm. thought was so powerful. Um, so can we just discuss that a little bit? Like why the comeback? What, why were you drawn to the whole comeback story and like overcoming setbacks?
1: Yeah, sure. So It's actually slightly coincidental where I was trying to think of a name for a podcast and it's, you know, I'm sure you're aware with the revolutionized mind, (laughs) thinking of a name for the podcast can sometimes be tricky. You can often put yourself off doing it because you can't think of a name. And yeah, one of the main themes due to my own experience was I've been facing setbacks and I've overcame them. So how did I come back? And I also realized my name is Connor Kelly CK, which fits in with Comeback. So that's why... The ck at the end of it is capitalized and i used to call it comeback ck that was for the first 60 episodes and i realized one day well i don't really like the sound of this it's hmm, slightly cringy to me i'm gonna change it so it's comeback <laughs> but yeah uh, brief overview 2019 i started getting a lot better in terms of my own development and realizing i was going to actually have quite a good life rather than always struggle and that's when i moved to vietnam and i thought okay comeback is a great theme i've managed to come back from adversity Everybody is going to face adversity at some point. It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you bounce back from it. And this idea of failure will happen to anybody. Everybody will fail at some point in their life. I mean, there is a quote, and I don't know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but if the only way to avoid failure is to do nothing, be nothing, say nothing. Because it might be Aristotle. I might have to search this after the It's along those lines. <laughs> and failure can often be a very valuable teacher it's I almost I, I read this in a book actually and I try and take it in my life on a day-to-day basis now if you fail don't say to yourself oh you fucking idiot or just, you know don't insult yourself think okay this is a learning experience because from failure you are going to learn no matter what nobody likes to fail failure on its own is painful and <laughs> humiliating but to actually learn from it can be extremely valuable and a lot of the high performers I've from my and background, I've always been fascinated a bit with people, where people in the public domain who've maybe achieved things that are quite extraordinary. I think, how did they do that? They must be a superhuman. And often when I was doing my research or reading up, I thought, they're not superhuman. The main thing that stands out is they failed lots and lots and lots of different times in almost every area, learned from all of those failures and experiences, them together to get better and that's why they're at the high level that they're at so if you fail so many times you've almost learned more than anybody else the more you fail the more you learn now i'm not saying to deliberately fail of course try your best and nobody's ever wanted to fail but once you do realize that you can learn from this and something good is going to happen as a result even for example fear of failure can be just as debilitating as themes we've already discussed where For example, you, Angelica, and myself, if we were saying, starting out this podcast, oh, no, you can never release this because what if it fails? Well, then you're not going to do anything. The podcast would never be a thing, Mm -hmm. neither with people who've written books or painted pieces or done any kind of project. They've failed in some capacity, small or big. I think the key, if you're going to do something worthwhile, you're going to fail. So accept it, embrace it, and go through it. And that's what I'm trying to do with Comeback. I've made quite a few failures already not too debilitating the podcast is still going strong so just learn from it and embrace it I think that's the important lesson that I'm trying to promote failure if you learn from it is actually a good thing and almost as valuable as success
0: I love that so much just because I think me coming from a sport background I know we're talking I'm a soccer player or football to you but just learning like through sport or through injury like when you face adversity there's always a new door that opens and it's not always as horrible as it seems but obviously in that moment everything seems shit like once you go through something bad it's like fuck <laughs> but i think once you come out on the other side and you kind of see where that failure led you that's when you're able to look back yeah so i think one of my goals and i think one of yours it sounds like is just getting people to see failure in the moment rather than in the future and having to look back yeah. as a lesson rather than a true setback.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think seeing it for what it is and trying to see the bigger picture where obviously if you fail at something or you're facing some kind of adversity in that moment, it's horrible and you think you're never going to get through it. Well, if you look at the bigger picture where you maybe examine your previous setbacks and realize, oh, I came back from that and that and that and that. What's this? Can I come back from this? Yeah, I probably can. So yeah, see the bigger picture, uh, examine it for what it really is and think, what can I learn from this? Where, okay, I've failed in this capacity because I've made this mistake. What can I do next time to make sure I won't do this? And often, it's better to make mistakes early doors because you know there's not as much riding on it Well, you know for example right now with this podcast and I'm not sure if you're in the same boat there's nothing to lose really just <laughs> there's nothing to lose because it's at the startup stage so get them out there and make as many failures as possible and see where it see where it leads you so that's my current take on failure
0: mm-hmm. and I think the key difference is just kind of knowing that you're accepting a failure, you're not trying to think it's all sunshines and rainbows. Cause I think that's where the toxic positivity comes in, yeah. but actually acknowledging yourself that this is a failure. This is where I can learn. This is how I can improve for the future. Yeah. And kind of just changing your mindset in that way. And you're not avoiding it, but you're just seeing it in a different way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's no point, you know, uh, sugarcoating and saying, oh, well, it's amazing regardless. Maybe it isn't what you expected and maybe it does suck and it does hurt, but at least learn from it. So yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying there.
0: Yeah. Very powerful message. And so this is a very vague question, but out of your 140 plus episodes that you've released so far, are there any guests or topics that have been your favorite or have stood out to you in any way?
1: Um this one is hard to answer because I've been <laughs> asked a few times, have you got a favorite guest? And it's like asking if I have a favourite child. It's so hard. (laughs) I don't think I ever will have a favourite guest. Uh, Yeah, out of all the 147 now, they're all... I I don't want to sound corny. They're all great in their own way. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has their own different comeback story. I think some of them that I've been particularly pleased to get, and this is from a point of view from me last year, is people who have some kind of public profile that I've looked at for a while and admired. And, you know, for example, this time last year, I've been listening to them on a podcast and I'm thinking, wow, they're an extraordinary person. I'd love to chat to them one day. And now I've done it with several figures. I think, wow. And I'm not really reflecting too much, but I feel like one day I'll look back and think, whoa, that was a, that was a big one. I'll use some examples. Um, my favourite podcast is called, or was, called London Real. And it was one of these self-development channels which became pretty popular in the last five to 10 years. And some of the guests were extraordinary. There was a figure called Jeff Thompson, who has written several books. He's a BAFTA-winning playwright. He's an extraordinary figure. And he recounts how when he was 11 years old, his life completely changed because he was sexually abused by his martial arts instructor, a man he completely admired. And with that, he spent the next, I believe, 20 to 30 years, afraid of so many things. He was genuinely traumatized by the event. He became extremely violent. He you know, wasn't enjoying himself. He allowed the fear and the parasite, in his own words, to live within it. And once he realized, oh, maybe I need to find my way out of this, he devised a fear pyramid scheme where he would, in a pyramid form, put write down all of his fears and systematically confront them one by one with the highest sphere at the top, the lowest at the bottom. So on the lowest is spiders. He, I think, he went and picked up a spider and thought, oh, this isn't that bad. Put that one to bed. And the highest one was violence. So he became a knighthood bouncer and became extremely violent. And with that, he then almost did a U-turn on his life after a few violent events, just to sum up the story, and realised, okay, I need to become more peaceful, compassionate, empathetic, and work out where my pain's coming from. And once he'd worked that out, he went on that the whole journey and he came face to face with the man who abused him 30 years later. And he recounts the story on the podcast and he went up and forgave him and released himself from any bitterness, any anger, any trauma that he faced and gave it away, in his words, karma to the perpetrator and said, okay, now it's over to you. And he wasn't excusing what he did, but he took the, the fear and the parasite that was in him back to the one who had used him. So I thought it was an extraordinary tale. There was another guy from London Real, Philip McKernan. Uh, He was on three times and I listened to him and I was completely amazed and astonished by the things he was saying. The main takeaway was, he he asked me a question. He said, how many times in the last year have you taken time out to be with yourself? And he asks a lot of people this and often the response will be, oh, well, I, I watched a game by myself yesterday or I read a book. And he goes, no just yourself and when when it hit home the actual message he means just you and your thoughts how many times have you not been distracted by any external stimuli and just stayed with your thoughts and that concept to me was was mind-blowing I thought yeah I don't think the amount of people on the planet who've not done that I think only monks will it's extraordinary and every time I try it I don't last very long I think well okay this is a concept that would really benefit me. Even when I'm trying it, I'm sat there trying to observe my thoughts and am thinking, wow, I could learn a lot from this. But it's mm-hmm. very intense trying to say meditate for eight hours on end. It's, it, it, it's hard, right? <laughs> so he's another guest that I was particularly struck by and I've been trying to integrate his message into my practice daily. Uh, another one is the first high profile. He was a high profile figure in the UK. He was the Director of Communications and Strategy, right-hand man to Prime Minister Tony Blair back in 1997 to 2003 and he had a huge mental breakdown just before he started his career and then subsequently took one of the most pressurized jobs in the country and the key message he says is that he is successful in his work because of his mental health issues rather than despite and I thought wow that's such a powerful way of looking at it he then developed this further by saying it gave him empathy, it gave him resilience, he would always use a system like what we were saying earlier, where if the press were out to get him or there were some issues due to you know the political fury at the time, he'd go back to his breakdown and think, on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of how bad that was, that was a 9. He genuinely was going to die, horrible breakdown. So anything that's going on here, for example, somebody in the newspapers giving him some criticism is about a three or a four. So he was able to see the bigger picture, put it to one side and continue to work at the heart of government, an incredibly stressful job with his mental health problem. And once he told me that, I thought, OK, this is definitely a crucial reframe. So those are the few examples that have come to mind for me. But, and I say this genuinely not to be wishy washy. Everybody's brilliant. But every podcast that I have, I feel like I've learned something from. I don't think there's been a single episode yet that I've been disappointed that I've done or that i felt was a waste of my time or anything like that. I've always come away and thought, yeah, this guest was fantastic. Or at least it's taught me or a listener something. So out of all the yeah, 147 so far, I don't have any complaints. But those are the ones that only due to the fact that i would listened to them prior for weeks on end are probably what's standing out to me right now.
0: Those were all incredible stories. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm happy that you got the chance to connect with those individuals. But I completely agree with everything you just said at the end there about having these conversations with people. Like you take something away every single time because I feel the exact same way. I think these conversations are just so eye-opening and they teach you so much about how other people deal with their struggles and what they've gone through. And you can kind of take that back and reflect on your own life and I feel like sharing these stories like everything you just shared today is now going to go out on my platform and everybody listening to it can hopefully take one thing away from it and that's the goal is just can you apply one of these things to your life? Can you take one positive message away and spread that message outwards to now your group? And I just think that's like exactly what it is is nothing is a waste of time like having these conversations sets you ahead in your life and now hopefully being on a platform you can spread that message further than it would other words.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I can only learn from talking to people from so many different backgrounds. The main tool I would advocate for for people wishing to start a podcast is to be open minded and curious where obviously somebody is, for example, in Vietnam, somebody who's grown up in Vietnam and the people I've met have been from USA, Canada, Australia, South Africa. They're bound to see the world differently due to their background, their experiences, their family life, their conditioning, even the entertainment they've consumed, the music, the books, the news platforms, their friendship circles. There are so many factors and if I was from a different area that I am, I would be very different in terms of my subconscious programming and my inner conditioning. So why not embrace the fact that so many people are different and you know, ask them questions about it and really try and delve into their minds and see from behind their eyeballs. Otherwise, I'd live the same life with just my beliefs. And I'd get to a point where I wouldn't know anything different. I think at this age that I'm at, where I'm 24 soon, by the time this is out, I'll be 24. <laughs> I'm, at this age, it's great to speak to as many people as possible and get all of these ideas and pick up something that I think, yeah, okay, I can see it from your angle now. This might benefit me in this way, or this might benefit me in this way. I never know, but it's good to actually pick up little nuggets of wisdom from as many circles as possible. That's the main thing I'm trying to achieve with this podcast.
0: Those were such great points. And I think that cultural difference around the world, and there's just so many different perspectives that people have based on their own experience where they grew up, what their family's like, what their friends are like. And the media is a big one too. So just always having an open mind and knowing that people are coming from different backgrounds when talking to them. And I think that's just another reminder about being kind always and letting people have their own experiences and not feeling like your way is the only way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Realizing that you can be wrong. I think be teachable. You're not always right. Where often you can think it is but if you never learn and you never see things from a different point of view you are stuck and you're stagnant and there is no point there's no point being really I think there's a lot of value in learning and seeing things from different perspectives where I'm, I actually quite like being wrong now I know that sounds bizarre because you could easily say no, that's a lie nobody likes being wrong I, I, I do nowadays because I think right okay I wouldn't have known this and I would have gone God knows how many years still believe in this if I wasn't open to it from a different perspective. So I'm always willing that I can learn something from everyone I meet. Sometimes it can be the opposite where I'll learn not to be like that person or not to think like that person, but I still will learn something. So yeah, I think just be open-minded, always have your eyes and ears open and realize that people see things differently to you for a reason, maybe try and figure out why rather than demonize. It's one of my pet peeves currently when I see I'd say cancel culture, where it's, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't agree with you, so you're wrong. I I wouldn't agree with that. I think just try and have a more rational debate and see things from another person's point of view. It's such a valuable skill, and I think it's sorely lacking in today's culture.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's such a great reminder, just for people to remember when they're speaking to another person, like get outside of your own head and put yourself in somebody else's shoes before you make a judgment or make any comments that are stereotyped or biased based on what you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The phone with two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs)
0: Love that. (laughs) Um, So I think you've given a lot of great advice and just stories in this episode so far. But after Hearing so many comeback stories yourself, what is some insight that you could give my listeners today about dealing with setbacks?
1: So in terms of dealing with setbacks, I would say they are going to happen regardless of what you do. And if you're going to do something great, you're going to get more setbacks and more failures because that's the process that you have to go down. Failures and setbacks are inevitable. Don't run away from them. Just embrace them because that's ultimately the way through it. I think in terms of dealing with setbacks, maybe on a mental health point of view, where if you get overwhelmed and don't feel like there's a point in anything, etc., what you should probably do, uh, and people might say different, this is just my thoughts and my opinions, take it day by day. Take it really slowly, where you know, do your basics, do your getting up, getting dressed, show up and do your job, that's fine, just show up. And give yourself a thought and not in a morbid way, but realize your own mortality—that one day you are going to pass, you aren't going to be here—and when you get to those final few hours, whenever they may be, hopefully they are many, many years in the future, you are going to think, "Oh, I wish I'd done this, or why did did I? Re- Was this really, you know, a good enough reason not to do it? For example, with this podcast, you know, if I got to the end of my life and really want to do a podcast but didn't because some guy I went to school with, like." Ten years ago, might think I'm an idiot. Like, why? You know, why would? You, that that's not a valid reason. So I think embrace failure. Beware of your immortality, because one day you're not going to want to have regrets. And take it easy. Realize that nothing is as big as you think it is. Where in this moment it feels like the end of the world, or that you'll never be able to come back. You, you will. Maybe it might take a bit of time. It might be painful in the initial days but you will be able to come back. I think a lot of the greatest lessons and the greatest teachers of history have all faced setbacks, but always came back from them. So yeah, in three phrases, nothing's as big as you think it is. Embrace the failure. Beware of your immortality.
0: I could not agree more with any of that. (laughs) I think that's just such a great mentality to have given... All the adversity that we do face in our everyday lives, like it is going to happen. We do need to accept it. And we do need to make the most out of the time that we have on this earth. So why not just get out of your comfort zone, do what makes you happy today, because one day we will get to that deathbed, unfortunately, as it does sound a little morbid saying that out loud, but Just live each day, like do what makes you happy. And hopefully one day you'll look back and be really happy with the life that you did live. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Making the most possible. I saw a quote recently, which has really helped me out where, (laughs) I can't remember the exact figure, so let me just say. So if you have 47,680 seconds a day, minutes minutes a day, (laughs) and somebody took 10, then you you catastrophize it. You spend hours dwelling on it. Whilst it was money, you wouldn't care. So think of it in that capacity where if somebody pisses you off or annoys you for about five minutes, let it just be that five minutes. Don't drag it into the next hour and the hour after. It's just eating into your time and energy. And ultimately, one day, it's not going to matter. That guy who beeped at you in the traffic, that person who broke up with you, that insert list, the list could continue for a while. Just get rid of it and realize that, yeah, it's ultimately not worth your time and energy. So yeah, that's important.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I've learned so much, and I know every single person listening to this will be able to take one thing away. Um. So, lastly, how can people connect with you or find your platforms?
1: Yeah. So the podcast is available on primarily Spotify, but should be everywhere you can access podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Anchor. That's where it's at. Where I do a lot of my communication where I source guests is via Instagram, which is at the comeback with CK. And I'm going to devise a website very soon. Now that I've put this on record, it has to be done. It's <laughs> something I've been putting off for a while and being lazy. But now that I've put it on record on this podcast, I have to be held accountable. So <laughs> that'll be coming soon. And yeah, it's probably gonna be along the lines of the comeback with ck.com. But yeah, that's my current ways to go. You can find me there and I'm going to plug it here. If you enjoy it and you want to leave a review, feel free to leave a review. That would be appreciated uh, to you listeners. But yeah, that's where you can find me online on social media.
0: Perfect. And I will definitely link all your platforms in the episode notes. So thank you so much for taking your time. I know it's super late for you and you need to get to bed. (laughs) But thank you for coming on my podcast and sharing everything that you did. I think sharing your own story and stories from your guests and just what you've learned throughout your podcast journey has been very helpful for me. And it's nice that we can relate on so many levels. But I'm just really happy to be connected with somebody else who's trying to spread similar messages and just changing the way that we see our own lives and the world around us so thank you so much
1: yeah thank you Angelica I think it's been a real pleasure I started to really enjoy going on more people's podcasts I've listened to a couple of yours I really enjoy them I really enjoyed your appearance on mine so yeah it's a pleasure to you know return the favor in a way keep doing what you're doing you're doing some great work and yeah I'm sure this is going to go very well for you so thank you very much again
0: thank you I don't have too much to say after that, which is rare, but I think he covered practically everything about comebacks, resiliency, failure, coping with your mental health. And one thing I just wanted to highlight, given that he is from across the world, is the individual difference piece based on cultural differences and how one's life experience and background really affects one's perspective. And it's obviously really hard to see anything outside of your own experience because that's all we know. But having the open mind and the willingness to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand that there are experiences, there are perspectives, there are mentalities outside of your own that are completely valid, are completely normal. And I feel like Western culture is just horrible at this. We think our way is the only way, and it takes work, it's uncomfortable. We have grown up watching the media, hearing from older people, all of these things about life and the world that is so one-sided. And I just think it's so important to have these conversations with people and hear where they're coming from and maybe why they think the way they do or what experience they've had, whether it's them or generational trauma. And already having listened to a couple episodes of The Comeback with some international guests and hearing the stories that Connor shared today, it's really eye-opening to see different people's perspectives and adapting the way you think to be more inclusive, more open-minded, and just improved for the overall betterment of society. Huge shout out to Connor for coming on my podcast. Please, if you liked him today, go check out his podcast. It's incredible. And give him a follow on Instagram to keep up with all of his episodes. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and I will be back next week. (laughs)
1: we <laughs>